Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. Thank you for joining me once again as we are diving into the promised land journey. I'm sure you're excited to get going on your journey, aren't you? And for all of you that are uh, have arrived in your promised land, it's a beautiful place, isn't it? And I hope that you're enjoying it. And uh, maybe you could help somebody else inherit theirs. It's a beautiful thing when we inherit to be able to help others inherit. That is the uh, key of multiplication, amen, that God ex- expects from us as his people. Another place that uh, we will go through, go to and through on this journey with Christ into the promised land flowing with milk and honey and prosperity and you name it is called the desert. And say, oh, what is in the desert? Well, the desert is a very, a very dry place, as we know. Uh, You know, when you picture a desert, there's not much in it, is there? (laughs) I I just see a land that is uh, the same color brown. There is no color. Maybe now and then you'll see something that has color, but not much. Not much color. uh, Hardly any water. You know, it's dry. It's barren. There's no life in the desert. There's hardly any wildlife in the desert. There's no villages. There's no cities. There's no, uh, there's no malls. There's no amusement parks. There's no hair salons. Uh, there's no latte shops. There's no, uh, specialty shops. There's no, not even a library. There's no bookstores. There's no fine dining or even, uh, fast food dining. There is no clothing designer. There's no interior design store. I mean, it is gone. Uh, there's absolutely, there's no hair salon. There's no uh, masseuse. There's no local spa or gym. There's no hunting and fishing. Uh, there's no sports. It's just a land that is dry and barren. But guess what? You will arrive there. And you will be there with Christ. And he'll look at you as he strips you of everything you ever knew. As he removes from you everything you ever were in Egypt. As he destroys the body of sin so that he can take you into the promised land and give you now everything back but better. Because now you have the mind of Christ. You're going to get the mind of the Christ in the desert as God opens up the bread of life to you in the desert and reveals his spirit to you in the condition of the earth in your condition as a human. And he will bring you the bread of life and sit with you and he will sup with you and he will have you open up the word to know him as he has stripped all these things off of you. In the desert, sometimes your family isn't there either. In the volleyball practice, in your calendar, in your iPhone, in your Instagram, it's all been stripped. As you look around and you're digging in your wallet and you open it up where you used to have $100 bills and now there's not even a dime. Not even a dime. Okay? Your phone used to ring off the wall with friends, but now nobody calls. You used to be the executive at work, but now you're out of a job. You used to be the little league coach, but they don't call you any longer. You used to teach the dance class 
on the team in the high school, but they said they didn't need you anymore. And every door you go to, you, you get it slammed in your face as they reject you because God has turned them from you to bring you to himself. How do you know about the desert, Anne? How do you know this much about the desert where God takes you out and strips you to destroy the body of sin so he can build you and give you his mind and his intelligence and his abilities to walk upon the head of the serpent and to set mankind free? Because he did this to me. He takes you to a place that you never signed up for and that you would never call your travel agent and say, Martha, I want to go to the desert with Christ. It's a place that nobody has ever signed up for. Nobody has ever longed for. Nobody even know it, knew it existed until they arrived in it. Maybe they've heard a preacher talk about it, but they have never arrived in theirs until God takes you on a very special adventure. And when you're in the desert and you look around and your money is gone and your family is gone and your life is gone and your career is gone, your reputation is gone, your credit's gone, everything is gone. But there's one thing there, and that's the Word of God. He wants you to open it, and He wants you to begin to read it and spend time alone with Him because He has appointed this season called the desert to strip you and to destroy the body of sin, the mind of Balao and the mind of the devil out of you, and to give you His life, His purpose, His way. And so the best thing to do at the desert is to say, Hello, Christ. Hello, Father. Hello, Jesus. Hello, Holy Spirit. Hello, angels. Thank you for assigning me into the desert where I understand the purposes of being stripped to the bone and to be transformed into your image and then eventually to go forward and to receive my promised land and my my place on this earth to set the captive free. Amen. We can see Moses was stripped. He was taken from the throne of Egypt and the, and the, the, the son of the Pharaoh. And he was taken and he was sent out back and he was stripped by God for 40 years. He was stripped. He no longer had his nails done, his pedicure done. He was no longer rubbed in oil. He was no longer taught the, the principles of Egypt by the best scholars in the land. He never, he never sat at Pharaoh's dinner palace where they waited on them hand and foot. He never had all that splendor in his wardrobe that was the size of a, of a, a 4,000 square foot home. He, he was stripped of all the luxuries of the land by God and taken out back where he encountered the desert life. And he was built and made and his mind renewed to know God. And then the day God said, it's time now, Moses, to go. Go tell him to let my people go. Do you see? So there's a reason for the desert. So if you're in the desert tonight and you're looking for a job, you can't find a job, I can't find a job, I don't know what the problem is, and you're suffering because you feel rejected or maybe too old to land that good job. Maybe you didn't say the right things at the interview. Maybe you didn't wear the right things. Maybe you wore the wrong nail polish color. Maybe you didn't answer that question when they asked, tell us about yourself just the right way. Maybe they didn't call the right references. Maybe I didn't send the right references. Maybe my resume needs to be done for the t redone for the tenth time now in a row. Maybe God has invited you to the desert to be stripped, to be made, and to be a tool in His hands for the freedom of humanity.
But the desert is a place that we all arrive to before we arrive into the promised land. There's reasons for that. Because in the promised land, you will want to keep the promised land and not lose your soul once God blesses you in the promised land. So you need to know the warnings of God before you enter the promised land so that you take heed to his warnings and remain in your promised land and flourish in your promised land and not forfeit your soul as many, many have lost their life in the promised land. Jeremiah 2, 6 reads, Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passes through and where no man dwells? It is a hard place. It's a different place. You know, when you come from a lot or you worked for a lot and then your, your, your much was turned into little, you know, I have been to the desert with God and I have been stripped to the bone where I had lost everything I ever knew, (laughs) but God strips us. He allows us to be stripped so that he can strip us of Egypt. So he can strip us of the mind of Balao. So he can, he can strip us of the mind of culture, which is the generational activities that go around us consistently. We think nothing of it. He, he brings you to the desert to strip you of the mind of the world, the people of the world. He takes you to the desert to strip you from the mind of the compromised Christian, the disobedient Christian, the Christian on their way to hell if they don't repent. He he strips you so he can give you, give to you, and to keep you forever, and that you can also be of service to him upon the earth. Because God is looking for a people still, the wife of the Lamb, the bride of Christ, his family, the people that choose him and obey him throughout this earth, the people that have surrendered their life to him to serve him for his purpose. He said, I favor the ones who favor my righteous cause, that all mankind come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. And Jesus stands at his Father's right-hand side and says, and I pray daily that I don't lose one of you. And so God is asking all of us to move out of the land of compromise and into the land of the wise Christian where we will remain until our exit into eternal life. We don't want to sin in God's kingdom and think it's okay with God. God will also take you to a place on your way into the promised land, into the refiner's fire. You will sit in very many storms. You will sit in very many trials. You will sit and wonder how you're going to make it. And then God will come through for you after the deadline. But God, the deadline's here. It's too late. It could be a month after the deadline. It could be uh, six months after the deadline, but God comes through and he tests you to see if you will obey him in the fire. Will you obey me as you're going through the fire? Will you obey me as you're going without? Will you obey me while you see the rest of my saints being lifted up and elevated into, into their promised land? Will you obey me even though I have caused you to go through the furnace of affliction? Will you obey me? Because the key to your life, the key to your eternal life, the key to you entering into the gates of glory, no matter where you are, what you have, what you achieve, 
or your dominion on this earth to influence humanity is your obedience to Christ. You say, oh my, I, I have failed God terribly. I've failed God terribly. I can't go back. I can't go back. And the devil's wanting you to go off and commit suicide like Judas. You resist the devil and you go to God and you say, God, I have sinned. Wash me. And he says, done. Let's keep going. Okay? There is always forgiveness at the cross. We don't want to play with God's mercy. Okay, there's no need to play with God's mercy. But when we mess up, we immediately ask God to forgive us. And we carry on through the fires, right? And he brings us to the fire. He is the God that tries you. He is the God that refines you. Okay, he tried Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, the Holy Ghost took him out before he put in public. And he spent 40 days with the devil. And the devil tempted him. The devil tempted Jesus to, to go up to the top of the of the kingdom and to throw himself down. G the devil wanted Jesus to commit suicide. Have you ever been through the fire to the point where you've wanted to take your life? Don't take your life. Because Satan is the one that wants you to take your life as he wanted Jesus to take his. You say, it is written, we do not do this. Okay, and the devil will come back with another scripture. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, but God will allow you to go through things. He will allow events to happen in your life. And all you have to do is sit through that fire, no matter how long. And you say, God, you're sinless. You cannot sin. And you're a covenant keeper, not a covenant breaker. I don't know why this is happening, but I trust you and I will walk underneath you until this passes. And it will pass every time. I've been through this now for 13 years. Okay? He takes you and he takes you to the desert and he strips you and then he takes you and he refines you in the fire. Uh, Revelation chapter 3 beginning in verse 18. Jesus is speaking. I counsel thee. I counsel you. Yes, you. To buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou, that you may be rich in white raiment, no spot or wrinkle. Jesus wants a bride, a people, a family without spot or wrinkle that have resisted the devil and have overcome all and inherit all, wearing the five crowns, ruling with Christ, reigning and ruling with Christ, with a rod of iron, okay? Breaking into pieces the lies and bringing the truth to the earth. That's what Christ wants. So he tells you to come to him and let him refine you. And, and the thing about God is he doesn't leave you in the fire alone. He stands with you in the fire as he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as, as it was in a burning inferno. And they looked in and they saw the Son of God, a man like the Son of God standing there. Jesus stands in the fire with you. I remember one night I had a dream. And in the dream, Jesus came to me and we were in a courtroom, a trial. And he had on a suit and he took my shoulder and he tapped it. And he said, I'm over here and you're going to be okay. Because he's my advocate. He stands at the right hand of God and he prays for me. And he says, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith may not fail. And faith is obedience to God. Faith knows that through God all things come to me. But faith also knows the importance of obeying God, even when you're being slaughtered in front of God. Don't give up your obedience to God. Okay?
And Jesus prays for us that our faith will not fail. And that's what he was telling me. And I have been through the fire, but I have come out the other side. And I held on to God all the way through. And I will every trial and every fire that he puts me through. I know how to move through them. It's slow and it's with the word and it's believing and trusting him. Not running around with your head cut off, panicking, 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 but sitting at his feet and asking him for direction. And he gives you the direction he wants you to take. And then you must take the direction he gives you. He takes you to a point on the way into the promised land where he, he, uh, he gets you to understand that he's the potter and you're the clay, not the other way around. Some people want to mold and make God into what they want and then they stick him up and put a false God on the throne of their life so that they can live underneath the sin they're in. But God is the one that molds us and makes us and he lets us know I'm in charge and you're the clay and I'm making you into a beautiful masterpiece and into the image of my son. And when it hurts, you allow him to cut where it needs to be cut and to bring in truth where it needs to be truth. You allow him to show you areas of your life that have to go so that he doesn't have to say, depart from me, I never knew you. What would, what good would it be for Jesus to take us all into the promised land in a week and then we lose our soul in a promised land because we never learned who Christ was. We never let God fire us up we never went through trials of testing to see if we knew the material. We never allowed God to mold us and to make us and to reprove us and to rebuke us and to convict us and for us to remove the things that would have removed us out of a promised land. So God is making sure that when he brings you into that place that you're never removed by devils or by man or by yourself. Amen. He's making you He's making you promised land proof so you will not forfeit your promised land. Amen. So we need to allow him to be the potter in the clay. Romans chapter 9 verse 21. Has not the potter, has not God power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? We know that God's, his intent is the same throughout all the generations, and that is to make mankind into his image, pure, excellent, intelligent, dominion, submission. Amen? That's who Jesus is. Excellence, holiness, perfection, love, mercy, grace, and dominion, but submission. He submitted to God. He belongs to God. As we belong to Christ, we belong to God. There's a line of authority. Amen. The next place that you will arrive in is called the wilderness. It's quite a place. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting place. We know in Luke uh, chapter four, beginning in verse one, Jesus arrived with the Holy Ghost and he had it out there with the devil in the wilderness and where he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, you know, God will put you in the ring with Satan to see if you will be able to overcome him, okay? And the reason that God does that is not because he's a mean, mean father, and we don't sing with the rest of him at church saying, he's a good, good father, and we're mad at God because he's put us through so much. But God is making you, he's making you, he's making you uh, able to withstand all 
all the things that will come against you to make you forfeit and lose. So he's building you to make you strong. Amen. And he has to test it to make sure the brakes are going to work. Right. You know, they take these new cars out and they road, they, they test the brakes, but they test them by flooring down the gas and they punch on that brake to make sure it sticks. That's the only way you can, uh, test, uh, brakes is by going really fast and pressing on them, right? And so God puts us in these situations to see how we'll react if we know, if we know how to move, and then he'll teach us how to move in them, okay? And he's, he's, he's the father, he's the potter, he's the teacher, he's the trainer. You know, train up your children in the way they should go. He's the father that does that for his children. He trains us in the way we should go, and he grows us from child He's, he's, he's God. He grows us. He grows us from child to young man to father. It's who he is. And the more that we're solid, the more that he can give us and the more he can, he can use our life as an instrument of salvation as he did with Jesus. Amen. So we just need to surrender in these seasons of, of, uh, that we, he takes us through because it's all for our good. Romans 8, 28, rejoice. All things turn for the good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You know, um, count it all joy. Peter says, you know, you're being built, you're being developed. You'll be used mightily to bring in the masses from the devil into Christ. Okay. And to keep your soul in that place and humbly submit to God as Christ did every day, because through God are all things for our life, no matter where we are, how much we have or don't have. Do you see? So the wilderness is an interesting place. Uh, He knows the way through the wilderness, the song says. And it's amazing because you'll have a certain, you'll live a certain life. And if Christ takes that life down and trashes it, and he's standing there, you're going to do things a different way. You know, when he says, well, this is the kind of food you're going to eat, and this and that, you say, oh, but I need all my gourmet pans. I need all this, these spices, Jesus. I need all these different types of pasta. You know, I had my china where I ate, ate it every night, and Jesus is like, I want you to take all that stuff and give it away. And I want you to go to the Goodwill store and buy one pan. And we're going to start over. I, I wow. You think Jesus would do that to somebody? Yes, you're looking at her. He did it to me. I had all these dishes. I had all this china, my mother's china, stuff from London and blah, 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 blah. You, you name it. And Jesus is like, it all goes. It all goes. And so you, it, it, it seems like a wilderness. It's like, where are we going? If you were driving on this terrain, you weren't used to this road because it had no road. And there was nobody in front of you that you could really follow on the road because Jesus is the only one standing on the road going, come follow me and do what I tell you. Remember, I'm Lord, you're surrendering, and we're going on this beautiful journey. But you can trust me because I'm God and I'm sinless and I'm perfect and I love you completely. And I will never leave you or forsake you. And I'm making you into something grand. And he will show you a new life. It's amazing. You know, he may change your hair color. He may, he may have you change all your clothing. He may have you give all your clothing away and go to the goodwill with him. But see, he's stripping you to make you. And then he will add to you as he sees fit, when he sees fit. And then we know that there's the proving. He proves us in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, beginning in verse 1 through 20. He takes you to a certain place to prove you to see if you will obey his commandments or not. That's, that's this whole passage. 
the whole passage is to see in the proving whether or not the people will obey him. All the commandments which I command thee this day, you shall observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. Why? Why? To humble thee. When you're humbled, you know that you're under God and you're nothing without God and you'll have nothing without God and you'll go nowhere without God. You know in your humility that everything exists in your life because of God and always will, even eternity. In heaven, the ages to come, it's all around God. And he, he takes you through the wilderness to humble you and to prove you to know what, to know what is in your heart. Your heart is your thoughts and your seats of passions and desires and motives. So he tests you to see what's, what's in her heart? What's in his heart? Why all these places? to test you to see what is in your heart, whether you would keep my commandments or not. Do you see? So what is the key here? What is, what is the key to proving? What, what should I do when I'm in the fire, in the wilderness, the desert, the proving, the battles, the issues? What is the key? Obey. Obey God. Remain with God. Then you will have the time in the field. Well, what's this all about? Well, Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the heavens and pour you out a blessing, that there won't be room enough to receive. And he says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. So there's a time in the field, you know, that God takes you out, and he operates you, and, and you're not where where he's going to place you. You're, you're, you're kind of like in, in all these different seasons, and he'll take you out, maybe if you're called in ministry, like I, like I am, he will call you out to preach at certain places and he will see how you operate and how you do. Okay. And then he'll bring you back, back home and work on you for maybe put you on a shelf for who knows how long. And he'll, he'll work on you in other areas of your life. Okay. And he's building and he's making you and you want to just be out with the people because you love the people. I love the people. I love to be out with the people. But you have to work where God assigns you. Do you see? And so what if I said to God, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to do what you want me to because he wanted me to make an online Bible school, a free international Bible school. And he told me that at the beginning of the year and I thought I was going to be going out with the people, right? And if I looked at God and said, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And then I turned and I went my own way. Well, that would have proved to God that I'm not fit to be out doing what I want to do if I'm not willing to do what he has ordered me to do because that's the way of life. Say the key is obedience. 
The key is obedience. If you're willing, okay, God, I'll do that. And obedient, I actually do it. Then you'll eat the fat of the land. So have we made it to the promised land? That depends if you're willing and if you're obedient to serve God where he has assigned for you to serve him, his time, his way, his method. Okay, but the the trip with Jesus, the trip with the Father, the trip with the Holy Ghost, the good thing about them is they're innocent. They're sinless and they're innocent, and you can always trust them and rely on them every day of your life. Good night. Realeron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rielaron today at www.rielaron.org.